0: This episode of Voices of the Elephant is brought to you by PHP Storm. Visit VoicesOfTheElephant.com slash PHP Storm for more information. Welcome to the Voices of the Elephant podcast. Each episode of Voices of the Elephant brings you an interview with a member of the PHP community. From project leaders to user group organizers, we talk to the people that are helping make the PHP community special. Hi and welcome to another episode of Voices of the Elephant. My name is Cal Evans. I'm your host. My special guest today is none other than my good friend, Mr. Joe Ferguson. Say hi to everybody, Joe. Hello, everyone. We're here in beautiful Detroit at PHP Detroit, the very first er, edition, I guess, of PHP Detroit. And it's been a great time so far. Um, Joe, we we were talking earlier, you're doing some fun stuff. I I say fun with the air quotes (laughs) thing. (laughs) Um, You are converting an application now. You're um, taking out a a framework and converting everything to components.
1: Yeah, so uh, at the day job, we have a custom CRM solution that uh, has... Uh, implementations with some other parts of the business uh, that, that the comp- other components of the business uses uh, such as like a form builder um, it's a software package for churches so there's a big portion of it is giving uh, and taking in payments um, it was built originally on drupal way back in the day Oh wow! Uh, it was a drupal plug-in uh, or extension and uh, it was actually rebuilt from that once it became a really big thing it uh, Turned into this. that was rewritten in Kohana, the Kohana framework at the time, okay. which was at the time fantastic. Uh, since then, Kohana has kind of gone away, and it's no longer maintained. It's even really hard to find the, the documentation because. The uh, last people who were maintaining that have kind of let, let it go as, you know, as frameworks come and go. That's natural yeah. progression. So what I was tasked with was they hired me because I had specialized uh, experience in rebuilding and rewriting legacy applications hmm. or modernizing legacy applications, mm-hmm. which I shamelessly stole that playbook from our friends, Paul Jones. Oh, yeah. He, he wrote a book. I highly recommend it. Um, at my uh, second tech job, um, that was my Bible, quite literally. I reference that book every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's a really fantastic book if you're dealing with legacy software. And this was a unique challenge because this application was written tightly coupled to Kohana. And then they kind of realized, oh, hey, maybe we shouldn't be really tightly coupled to a framework. So let's write our own. So they went from tightly coupled to a Kohana framework all the way to the other extreme where they wrote their own router, their own dispatcher, their own for an API v2. So they kind of learned their lesson there, and then they brought me in, and it's like, oh, I see what you did there. I see the the things that you're doing. So some of the interesting things that I've been able to do so far is, uh, if you're not familiar with Kohana, it is a MVC style full stack framework. Uh, It has uh, a router, a database layer to an extent. Um, It supports views, it has its own built-in view layer, uh, controllers, all that fun stuff. Uh, routing typical MVC, stack? typical MVC stack, yeah, nothing really. I mean, it was for its time; it was fantastic. Okay. Uh, that was around the same time uh, uh, that oh, I'm blanking on some of the older frameworks. Uh, there was a lot of uh, when object-oriented programming became a, a viable thing in PHP five. That's when these frameworks started kind of coming out of the woodwork.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I remember those days.
1: So that's one. Of the, that was the days the heyday of Kohana, and Kohana is a fantastic framework. It's just no longer maintained, so. Now I'm trying to take the approach of, well, we should rebuild this and let's rebuild it in using components. Uh, And and I'm known very well in the community for being the Laravel guy or a Laravel guy. I I love Laravel. I do trainings. I teach people Laravel. It is a fantastic tool. But for this use case, I didn't feel like I wanted to go back to another full stack framework. So Mm -hmm. I felt like, and also going from one one full stack framework to another, I felt like I would almost have to do a full rewrite. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to not have to do a rewrite so that I was able to continue progressing and in, in, in shipping business value, which is uh, like refactoring 101, keep shipping and keeping your customers happy, value to the customers, but you've also got to pay down a lot of tech debt. So one of the first things we did was we, uh, we pulled the view layer and extracted it out And uh, so I did that by literally copying and pasting the Kohana view layer class, sticking it into a source folder under a new namespace, mapping that in my Composer JSON, (laughs) and then going to all the rest of the Kohana applications, added my autoloader, and then just used, hey, use this class as the Kohana underscore view. (laughs) So what that allowed me to do is be super lazy because all I had to do was add my, uh, add the, to the Kohana code, the old code, we just had to add an autoloader because it wasn't autoloaded. Yep. And then we just added the use statement and didn't have to touch any of the rest of the code. Mm. And uh, we did extensive QA. We wrote a lot of acceptance tests to make sure because we didn't have unit tests in the, in the code base. Uh, or the ones we did weren't really unit tests. They were they were more feature functional tests. Yeah. So we started using Codeception to write acceptance tests. That way, when we started refactoring, we could see what broke. It's kind of give us a baseline yeah. um, scientific method approach.
0: So, um, well, it's very interesting, and I, I want to touch on a couple of those things, because um, you, you've hit some, so, some real, real sore spots. Uh, before we do that, though, um, I want to take a moment here to thank our sponsor, JetBrains. JetBrains creates professional software development tools for coding in PHP, JavaScript, and a host of other languages. They also create advanced team collaboration tools. JetBrains' passion is code. For over 16 years, they have strived to make the most effective developer tools available. They help developers increase productivity by automating routine checks and corrections, freeing up developers to grow, discover, and create. Find bugs in your development, not in your production. Join over 600,000 happy PHPStorm users worldwide. And you can get more information about um, PHPStorm at jetbrains.com slash phpstorm. Okay, so you... you well, you, before
1: we jump too far in there, I would like to say that
0: I am one of those happy 6,000 uh, JetBrains
1: customers. I, I have a, the toolbox license. I use PHPStorm. I nice. use RubyMine, PyCharm. And if I can go ahead and plug my own article that I just wrote, <laughs> if you check out the uh, August PHP Arch- Architect Magazine issue, I've written a blog post or an article in the, in the magazine about using PHPStorm. Specifically, okay. some of the th- tips and tricks that I found useful and how I use it which I've always found really valuable to read about how other people use tools. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that this, uh, the audience will react well to this uh, and kind of the, the, the column is, is named uh, the workshop where we explore tools and I write a, uh, a column every month about what tool I find useful or something that I want to share how I use something to see if somebody, one, selfishly, if somebody has a better way of using the tool, uh-huh. and two, to hopefully inspire somebody else to check out a tool.
0: Yeah, you, you, you featured me as the major tool one time. so yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you, you touched on something that it, it's a bit of a sore spot with me. Um, you had a legacy application and you had no unit tests, or you had very few unit tests. Um, is, for those who have to go do this, because you've done this now a couple places, and I know Paul has got a, li- a book, we'll link to the book in the show notes, um, but tell us, uh, is, do, do you start with the unit test when you're doing um, refactoring of legacy, or is there some other step that you do first?
1: So typically my approach um, is not to start writing unit tests because what Mm -hmm. I have found is most of the time when I'm inheriting these legacy applications, unit testing was never even a thought. Mm -hmm. So the code was never written to be unit testable. So I fought through this and I've gone back and forth at a couple of jobs, but in kind of what I've landed on is it's typically not practical to do unit, proper unit testing on a legacy code base that wasn't written to be testable you're going to spend more time mocking and doubling and writing test spies and and trying to shoehorn in testing mm-hmm. when your time would be better spent and your code coverage will rise dramatically faster if you start writing acceptance testing oh, and okay. specifically i start writing uh, acceptance testing in codeception mm-hmm. uh, which is a fantastic testing framework Everything compiles down to PHP units so you're not using just some random testing suite that's never gonna be that somebody's gonna die or get hit by a bus or stop using and you're never gonna be able to get support for it. There's a huge community behind it. Yep. It's compiles down to PHP units, so it's really it's it's it feels writes to a PHP developer, right? It hits all those, those, those good things that make us love these tools.
0: We use, um, at Nexus, where, uh, where I work and the team I'm working on, we use Codeception and PHP Unit. And quite honestly, I, I just finished up a major um, project, and typical for me, I said, okay, last step, let's write some unit tests. Sure. And they said, oh, we use Codeception. And I honestly just, uh, my, my brain went into Vaporlock. Because I have written PHP unit for so long, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know that, yes, this is a PHP unit underneath, and I can still write my unit tests in PHP unit. Codeception is not for unit testing, it's for acceptance testing. You know, and that's where I my my brain did not. Uh, once I, um, once I, I I realized that the tools were used for different purposes, then I begin to understand, and I, I can now function in that environment. So, codeception will actually do unit testing and feature
1: slash functional testing and acceptance testing, oh. as well as API testing. Each each yeah. uh, test is a suite that you can generate. So what we've been doing is we've been writing our unit tests for all of our new functionality, uh, and we've been writing those in raw PHP unit because we haven't had to use or we haven't found a need for the Codeception uh, synthetic sugar that they offer around unit testing. And the great thing is, is we can drop all of our PHP unit tests directly into the Codeception unit, uh, and, and they run alongside Codeception. So when we go to do uh, our, our CI-CD stuff, it just runs Codeception. And it runs our unit tests, runs our smoke tests, and then we have another system that runs a longer set of tests, runs more of our acceptance tests. Uh, we also use Phantom JS. That way, we're actually being able to test our our, our, our browser against a web or our application against a WebKit browser.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so the trade-off there is these tests are really slow. And if you read Paul's books, you'll know this is all about trade-offs. Mm-hmm. So you'll get really slow tests, but you have huge areas of code coverage that are really easy to write, really easy to understand. If you've ever looked at uh, BDD-style testing or Gherkin-style testing, the language is really human-readable. It makes a lot of sense. The assertions are all very natural language, so it's really easy to understand. And it's also really easy to write API tests, so far to where you can even specify your response from, uh, from the server should actually look a certain way and contain certain data elements. Hmm. So you can get as fine-tuned and fine granular detail as you want, or where I write, how I write my smoke test is I essentially hit all of my GET URLs in my application is the first thing I write. If I, if I don't have smoke, to, if I don't have any testing, I hit every GET URL or a GET uh, URL, and then I check for errors after every one. That way, I know that if any of those tests fail, somewhere I've broken something and I need to go fix that before I do anything else. You test your happy path. Yes, exactly,
0: yes. Now, do you write, because there are some developers that don't do this, do you write um, unit test fails as well as um, successes, or do you just generally write the successes?
1: I think it depends on the implementation and depends on the use case. I always tell my developers and I tell my team, show me it passes and show me why it fails. So that's kind of always a good practice, and we're trying to get to a point on our team where, our QA people will also write tests for us, and that will be the the test that proves the failure. And their test should start passing
0: when we fix the issue. Very good idea, yeah. And um, that's, the, yeah, I had not thought about that. But and I'm, I'm, it's good that you've got your QA people involved and that they, uh, they can code. That's the equivalent of a developer automating unit testing is let's get somebody else to write it. Right, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> We don't have time for this. Let's get somebody else. Hey, it's raining on us, so we're going to call this one to an end. I'm going to run inside real quick. We'll finish it out in there. Joe, I want to thank you so much for being a guest here on Voices of the Elephant. Thank you. Um, You're here representing OSMI at um, at PHP Detroit. Now, Have you spoken about OSMI today? Not yet. 2.30. 2.30, 2.30, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we appreciate all you do um, and all that OSMI does for our community. Thank you for taking the time to be with us here on Voices of the Elephant. Right. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to Voices of the Elephant. Voices of the Elephant is copyright EICC Incorporated and released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, No Derivatives, Share and Share-Alike license. To nominate someone to be a guest on Voices of the Elephant, visit our website and click on the Nominate link. The URL is voicesoftheelephant.com. Elephant is, of course, spelled E-L-E-P-H-P-A-N-T.